Hello and welcome to the program. My name is Michael Finney. Today we are joined by audio engineer Mark Dudzik. You want to introduce yourself? Thanks, Michael. Um, yeah, my name is Mark Dudzik. I am an audio engineer for concerts, corporate events, you name it, um, live events. I also am an entrepreneur and um, I'm interested in technology and let's see live in Las Vegas. That's a good bit of your, uh, your bio, your personal bio. You want to talk about, uh, your background, how you got into audio engineering, um, professionally. Sure. Yeah. Um, I have a degree in live sound reinforcement. Um, I went to college for it because I had difficulty finding work in that field or finding access, um, to opportunities in that field. So I went to school for it and then uh, in, in Chicago. And then I moved out west um, about over 14 years ago now and um, started working that, in that field. I've been a freelancer my whole career, um, mainly due to lack of quality opportunities in the field. Um, that led me to starting an AV, small live sound AV company in Las Vegas. Um, that enabled me to start traveling and working with more quote-unquote touring type of uh, acts. And I moved into tour management and have pretty much formed my career out of that, uh, putting together freelance contracts, um, from operating, uh, within venues, um, as a vendor and providing my services as an audio engineer and tour manager. What made you fall in love with audio to initiate, uh, a decades long career? Um, it's kind of the only thing that I found I was, good at or had, um, just an extracurricular interest in, um, it was something I was drawn to. Um, my dad had like old, um, vintage hi-fi, you know, stereo equipment at the house and, and record. My mom and dad had records and grew up listening to stuff like that and a tracks and all the old type of audio stuff. I was just always fascinated with that always fascinated with um, taking apart electronics as a kid. Um, I started playing guitar when I was 12, started taking lessons, and pretty much continued on with that. I had been playing sports growing up, but um, the area we lived in was very competitive and kind of political in some aspects, and I just decided... You know, I was not, you know, the next Michael Jordan. So I uh, decided to focus more on music in my teenage years. And that naturally led to owning audio and PA equipment um, for the bands I was playing in through high school. So by the time I was late teens, early 20s, I you know, owned pretty much a PA system and enough equipment to do shows and would book shows independently. So 
So it was kind of a, a really natural progression. And once I got to the point that I was doing that was when I decided to go to school because I was working regular jobs and trying to find how to put together supplemental income or main income doing music or concerts or sound or something of that nature. So that's when I made that decision to kind of seek a professional career in it. Very nice. Are you still playing today? Uh, not really. <laughs> Once in a while. I, I, um, one of the things like my career path, why I've done the things I've done in terms of being a freelancer, building a company and going that route, like I was saying, due to lack of opportunities, I've really, you know, had to put a lot of time into putting that together, which has um, unfortunately taken away from my time of, you know, being a musician. But, you know, once I decided to become a professional in the audio field, um, you know, I just didn't, haven't had much time to uh, pursue that. So I tinker here and there, but yeah, nothing, nothing too serious anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I know how that goes. That's, I'm in the same boat at this point. Almost almost never play. I did pick up the guitar like not too long ago and jam a couple songs. But it's basically, uh, you know, I don't even know if I would call making music a hobby at this point in terms of how much time I spend on it. Yeah, it takes a lot of time to even have that as a hobby. So, you know, and it's like, with my career path, you know, a lot of external things have dictated that. So I, a lot of things like art and stuff, it gets hard to, you know, um, you kind of have to make it into a business, uh, like kind of, you know, kind of goes with all the bands I've worked with in my professional career, you know, to make it as a, as a band or performance act nowadays, um, without, you know, for with bands, for example, without big record labels, you know, they have to take it upon themselves to make their band a business, um, to make it. So even if you go, you know, the art route, it, it very much becomes, you know, turning that into a business. So, you know, like, and especially like the things that have happened in the world, like, you know, my senior year of high school was nine 11. When I got out of college and moved out West was the financial collapse. Oh, eight, Oh nine. And then, when I was, my, my company was hitting its stride and was going to have one of its best years ever was the, the pandemic. So, um, I've always had these external things causing me to, you know, play it more and more safe. So, um, like in terms of my career right now, I have not still, I haven't opened my business, um, back up, uh, since lockdown, I actually, we sent the gear with my business partner uh, to another state, um, which we've generated a little work there, but you know we haven't done anything significant since then. Um, fortunately, through um, opportunities prior to the pandemic, I was actually able to move into a new position where I am doing a different role, but it's a better opportunity than a lot of uh ones I've had prior. And, uh, so it's, you know, I'm always, always having to adapt and and change 
uh, or just focus on the horizon because you never know, you know, you can, it's like the Mike Tyson quote, you know, you can plan until you get punched in the face and then, you know, <laughs> right. you're changing your plan. So, um, yeah, so it's kind of my career has been a, a story of evolving and adapting and, you know, trying to carry on. Yeah. I think that brings us up to, you know, pretty much today where we are, uh, you know, in the timeline. So tell us a little about your thoughts on the current state of media and how it's developed, maybe even how, um, you know, you've watched things shift, um, over the last 10 plus years of your career, maybe even, uh, during, during the last two years. Um, yeah, I think, well, I mean, things like in my career are just examples of greater changes that have taken place. Um, like we were talking a little bit before this, um, people like, uh, that of my generation, late thirties, early forties, um, grew up and have witnessed the evolution of technology from, you know, the analog era of our parents and uh, grandparents, great grandparents, and up till now, where we have you know smartphones and uh, looking at Web three and crypto stuff. So it's like I still feel like we're in this transitional period, but in a different, uh, in more of a uh, digitized era. So we witnessed you know analog everything analog getting digitized, and now we're witnessing the next generation of digitization into automation, AI, et cetera. So, um, like in my industry, the first big change with that in the music industry was, uh, the Napster and file, file sharing, things of that nature. Um, things like, uh, record labels kind of going away, people recording more in home studio situations. It really changed the entire way the music industry functioned. And in terms of media, instead of, you know, there are are still a handful of record labels, but in terms of media production and how that's presented to the mass audiences, that has now moved into, you know, namely just a, a couple mass conglomerate media companies. Um, and also the other factors like, you know, alcohol sales have taken a, a big role in uh, generating revenue for events um, that combined with record labels going away and these media companies coming in has really changed um, the way the music industry functions and how different people, especially artists, uh, receive income. Um, so I think as we're seeing with like, in like a people talking about decentralization that has been happening for a long time. You know, you have things like record labels going away. So now you have artists and bands becoming the companies themselves. And just as, you know, you used to be able to get a job in any industry for a big corporation, now we're seeing it come down to people 
having personal branding. Um, so everybody's a brand. Um, and I think that fits into a larger narrative of, you know, social media evolution and where people have become products in a, in a ca- capitalist consumerized society, um, which we've seen happen. So now you have efforts for people, what I call, uh, the, the unbillable hours, there's efforts to put monetary value to all of these hours that are not necessarily billable in a traditional fiat world. So benefits of that are when it comes to things like media or art, um, I'm seeing potential for a lot better tracking in terms of royalties and usage rights. Um, and you know, possibly, you know, as we switch from digitization to automation and AI, you know, you still have a lot of people out there doing the analog type of work and that's going to start, and that's going to, you know, continue to go away rapidly. And so I think what's going to replace that is a lot of this functionality of us using a lot of these digital ecosystems. So kind of like, you know, approaching that matrix where we are the oil and the battery, <laughs> mm-hmm. but that's kind of where we're at because we're all on the internet. We're all using all this, uh, all these digital systems. We're kind of at that point in the API stack. <laughs> so does that put us as humans at the, at the top of the stack or the bottom of the stack? <laughs> uh, I think that kind of remains to be seen, uh, how we harness all of this and how people harness this versus how companies and governments harness this kind of where we're at right now. All right. So to drill down into your points about personal branding, uh, what do you like about the, how to create a personal brand in 10 steps program as someone who has watched the content develop over the last, I would say probably three years you know, I, I did actually start that project even before the uh, Chicago 1893 project. Yeah, I think it's, I think things like how to achieve personal branding in 10 steps is important because one of the things in digitization is getting all of these analog forms of data onto digital systems. So, Yes, you have things like Wikipedia, you have things like YouTube, uh, things like traditional systems like libraries and things are getting digitized. But And I think that's kind of the important part um, because I think one of the breakdowns in what would be potential for success of generational passing of wealth or knowledge is with this digitization and also kind of a gap, especially in the U S in age groups, there was not a lot of groundwork or framework for us to transition easily into a digitized era. So things like education and information, I think are going to be a lot more free flowing and things like what you're doing with personal branding, like education is important for people to come up to speed because you have a a large 
generation up and coming that is completely on to all this digital technology, but almost in a way that they're up on everything, but don't have the foundational knowledge. So I think it's important for people in their 30s and 40s and even 50s and and even 60s that are still involved in this to form this framework and continue to input, you know, data that is going to help increase educational value. Um, uh, in terms of just personal branding, I, uh, you know, and the, and the series you have, um, I think that's a great basis, um, to show anyone, be it somebody forming a, forming a personal brand or even for a business to get the steps and the, the ideology to think about how to develop their own framework. Because like we've talked about, um, the formulations, you know, there, there's a formula to all of this stuff. And if you want to succeed in any industry, you need to have the foundational knowledge and also the formulations on how to translate that into, you know, forming your success within a given field. Yeah. Thank you. I was uh, hoping it did that in general. I would say that's, uh, <laughs> you know, what it's about. Basically a bunch of guided, um, instructions inside of a workbook to create building blocks along the way that kind of scaffold until you have um, productized or um, packaged the parts of your public persona that you want to share or promote or sell. Definitely. And uh, and I can even go on to say, you know, in a greater sense, you know, at least here in the States, we pay a high premium for education and things like, you know, the dawn of the, the digital age and, and information flowing on the Internet, you know, goes to show that I think there'll be a lot more foundational education online for free that's accessible to everyone. And I think that's important because places like here where we do pay a high premium, I don't think we're receiving great education that is usable in the modern world. And it's become a problem here because like you and I know, you know, especially beyond K through 12, higher education is extremely expensive here and it's become a point of contention because it's causing, you know, debt problems with our country and generational wealth problems at this point. So I think, um, things like this are very important. And I know, you know, other countries that have dis- different setups for education and healthcare and et cetera. Um, I think there's a better compromise that will come to, in the future. And I think stuff like this helps because I think, um, you know, there's no guidebook for life. Life is difficult enough as it is. And any leg up on foundational knowledge, a kind of guidebook or a framework that can be provided. I think everyone in the world deserves that. I agree. So last question for today, what does the future hold for you or, uh, for media, for personal brands, small businesses, 
anything you want to expound on is welcome. I think, like I was saying, I think, you know, we're kind of at a precipice of a lot of evolution of technology. And my hope is that it will bring a lot more harmony and peace to the world. We've uh, spent hundreds, if not thousands, if not more years basing society on a model of scarcity. And I think anyone in any consumerized society can look around and realize that if we did things, if we operated more fairly across the board, I think we could, you know, live in a time of abundance on this earth. And I think a lot of technology that I'm seeing getting developed is will help bring a little bit more of that. And I think that we're also in a large generational turnover of the population in terms of ideology. And I'm hoping that coupled with what what I'm talking about with the technology will um, help bring more abundance and uh, less less war and um, more wealth that can be generational and more and better wages paid um, to all of the unbillable hours and the unbillable transactions in general. I think there's a lot, um, lot that people are missing out on being paid for, whether it's time or use of digital ecosystems that I think, uh, there's going to be a lot of fixes coming for that. Very good. Well, thank you for joining me today, Mark. I appreciate you taking the time. It's always great to talk with you and, uh, we'll absolutely see you out on the road before too long. I'm sure. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate it.